0: Let your snacks be heard. Just go to frito to vote and enter for a chance to win. No purchase necessary. Three of ends April 3rd, 2023. Void or prohibited. Here's worth of snacks awarded in the form of 52 coupons, each good for one bag of chips. See official rules at Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com.
1: Hey, this is Power Card, a.k.a. Project Pat, and you're listening to the Baltimore Beatdown Podcast, the best Ravens podcast on the planet. Welcome on back to another edition of the Baltimore Beatdown Podcast. My name is Jake Luke, and I'm one of your hosts, joined by Spencer Nathaniel Schultz.
0: Hello, my name is Spencer Nathaniel Schultz. Jake is yelling because we just had some technical difficulties. Brought to you by Zoom, who did not treat us very well, and then the AI of Skype just tried to take us over, but we are back after a short hiatus and ready to talk more football even though the Ravens are done forever.
1: You know what, it's, you know, maybe this is for the better, because those first couple attempts at recording this were fairly low T. Uh, my T is through the roof right now, because I'm very angry at these technical difficulties, and I just want to jump right into it.
0: Let's get into it. Chiefs, 49ers, they're going to play in the Super Bowl. Ravens played both of them. They are who we thought they were. Really good teams. Uh, gave the Ravens fits in both games, for the most part, and... Yeah, it should be an exciting matchup. we got two of the best offensive minds in the game, if not the best offensive minds in the game, Mr. Kyle Shanahan and Andeth Reed, two masterminds who do things in a very different way. It should be fun. We've got the vertical passing attack of the West Coast offense of Andy Reed, Patrick Mahomes doing his best Lamar Jackson impersonations with the most piss-poor tackling I've ever fucking seen on a single play by the Tennessee Titans. And why could they have not done that against the Ravens? I guess they finally wore down after wreaking fucking havoc in Foxborough and Baltimore, and f- taking a ten nothing lead, and then the t- the Chiefs rained down on them. So we'll get uh, an explosive matchup. Two of the fastest teams in the NFL, according to Next Gen Stats. The average ball carrier for the Chiefs. It's like 13.35 miles per hour, and it's like .01 lower for the 49ers. They're number one and they're number two. Hopefully this isn't a rematch of uh, the Rams-Patriots, or a remake, I should say, of the most boring Super Bowl of all time. I love defensive football. That was not even good defensive football. It was just boring football. So we want a good Super Bowl. Give it to us.
1: Yeah, I think this is the right matchup. And, I mean, man, you want to talk about low T. Those poor Titans uh, defenders were looking like they were suffering from it with uh, old Patty Mahomes just slashing and dashing through them. I'm sure you hated to see that. I liked it very much. Uh, And this is a we're off to a good start here. I'm I'm thankful uh, that those technical difficulties kicked a little bit of a jolt into my system. Um, I did notice that your volume levels were a little low as we got started there, but it's something I've corrected. And we're not fucking going back and recording this a fourth time. So, uh glad that we're off to a nice start here and uh it does figure to be a fun super bowl to me uh these you know you definitely make the argument that there were better teams in the afc uh maybe only one but ultimately these are two of the handful of the best teams in the league uh i think the niners up and down are maybe the most talented roster uh their coaching staff really intrigues me i love what the chiefs have going on big andy reed guy and i've loved pat mahomes since uh before he even got drafted so uh Seeing him validate that uh, as much as it is is kind of annoying that it's turned an entire fan base against my quarterback because they're mad that uh, he got the uh, spotlight over their guy uh, for a year. And now he has it back so they can stop complaining, but they won't stop complaining. But I still like to watch him a lot. He's very fun and very entertaining, and I think it's going to make for a great Super Bowl uh, down in South Beach.
0: Yeah, Patrick Mahomes really is like the Steph Curry of the NFL uh, with the things he's able to do and the highlights that he makes and the big throws, the deep throws, all that good stuff. So it's been very exciting to watch that run. The Chiefs had their skin in the game last year a little bit more, as we referred to. I think that they were just ready. They were my preseason uh, AFC Super Bowl pick. I'm not tooting my own horn because my NFC Super Bowl pick was the Dallas freaking Cowboys. Sick. And they uh, started out hot with a 3-0 and and then <clears throat> pooped the deck the rest of the season. Uh, coming down to the Eagles, the bloody Eagles beating them somehow and knocking them out with God knows who on their offense. So with that being said, it should be a great matchup. We've got a mailbag, get our juices flowing with the uh, the old mayo, the lubricant of our podcast. It gets us flowing, gets our creative juices flowing. So without further ado, we have a pretty stacked one today. And getting into it, our girl Angela Hester starts us out. Good By to hear the from only you. Only one. Excited to see our guys in the Pro Bowl with some nervous but smiley faces in emoji form. Uh, I don't really care about the actual actual Pro Bowl game that much, but I f- love the little ESPN like skills competition things. I th- that's like my ideal thing to watch on television.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's essentially just, like, player workouts, uh, except not on Instagram, just on ESPN. So you, you getting to watch that uh, and Correct. really enjoying and nerding out over it, I could very much see. I'm kind of with her, man. I'm excited uh, to see some of the guys be in the game. I'm not. I don't, probably not going to watch a whole lot of it, maybe just when Lamar's in there. Uh, but we don't really see a ton of Ravens pro bowlers, specifically not on the offensive side of the ball. So to see guys right. like Andrews and Lamar, uh, you know, be involved, it, it's kind of cool, um, obviously. Everyone's, Project
0: Pat's going to get some run.
1: Yeah, exactly. And everyone's going to like poo-poo it, but I don't know. I think that's kind of cool to see uh, some some of your guys out there um, when it's not usually a very typical occurrence. And Project Pat, I mean, I remember big Kyle Juszczyk having some big Pro Bowls a couple of years back, so maybe oh, yeah. watch out for that guy.
0: Oh, yeah. They'll be uh... – well, I guess Zhucek will be out of it. I don't know who the backup is, but Patty Ricard, do us well. That's our boy. A foot says, hot take. Even if we beat the Titans, the Chiefs are just too damn good this year, and we lose. Referring to the Ravens. So I can see it for sure. I mean, the Chiefs have had the Ravens number a little bit. It would have been fun to watch and see. I thought that was the the imminent matchup. The Lamar Jackson, Patrick Mahomes, you know, that last year's MVP, this year's MVP. Uh, Was not in the cards, but yeah, the Chiefs are really good. Their defense is much improved, uh, able to really shut down after kind of letting up some silly plays against the Texans and letting the Texans take advantage and then being able to kind of stand strong as the Chiefs mount their comeback. So they are a very good team. They're a team that was not a one-year wonder last year. Patrick Mahomes certainly is not a one-year wonder, and they're going to be a problem for years to come. Uh, we're upon the decade of the chiefs as tom brady is phasing out and it feels like the chiefs Have the guy that can make plays over the next decade and make them perennial contenders
1: Yeah, I mean to me it was kind of a 50 50 shot if the ravens were going to make the super bowl I mean, I I think like a lot of other fans maybe overlook the titans a little bit there and uh you know, I thought that, it, you know, with the Chiefs coming to Baltimore, which was what I expected, and I thought, you know, 50-50, man. Like, I don't expect the home field advantage to really affect Mahomes and that offense too much because they're too good. So, uh, you know, we, we will see what happens. And then we saw what happened. Uh, you know, they just overlooked a hot wild card team who ran all over them. And uh, then they went into Kansas City and they got run all over. So I think uh, no question in my mind the Chiefs are very deserving to be in the Super Bowl, and they would have been a very worthy matchup in the AFC Championship had the Ravens gotten there.
0: Yeah, they've got it all. They're very complete. Their defense is buckled down. The Honey Badgers come alive. Nico Cantalupo asked us in reference to the Ravens' loss, we need your guys' thoughts on why that game went the way that it went. What was the game plan? I want to say, I mean, I didn't think Russ was going to be a thing. It it felt like the offensive line wasn't ready to go fight. They weren't ready to go, you know, punch guys in the mouth and go attack, whereas uh, Simmons and Drell Casey and some of those other guys were really holding their ground and aggressively pursuing and making plays into the backfield. And uh, just once that first interception happened, I think we saw Lamar get a little bit frantic, which another question referred to. Um, I think we saw the entire offense get a little nervous, a little, you know, PTSD of of what had happened last year. And uh, the Titans, you know, We joke about what the blueprint is to stop the Ravens. Everyone said it was the seven DBs this whole offseason. But the blueprint is what I think the Titans did. It's, It's playing zone defense because Lamar roasts you against man. It's rushing four because if you blitz and let somebody get open too often, he threw more touchdowns against the blitz than anyone else in the NFL. Uh, and then it's just making, taking away the deep ball, making him have to consistently pick you apart in that middle-intermediate range and trying to direct some of the throws towards the outside, and that's what the Titans were able to do. They got a lead. Uh, the Ravens were the best rushing team of all time. Best rushing team isn't necessarily built to come back from behind, and the Ravens abandoned the run. And there's been people saying, oh, you know, they could have run it more here, run it more there. Sure, the, you know, it's, it's a little overhyped, but at the same time, Gus Edwards was clearly looking hot on in the initial drive. Mark Ingram was not looking great at all. Feed Gus Edwards 15-10 touches in the first half. Maybe we have a different game. Uh, the Ravens' defense comes out, lets up a fucking 50-yard play-action bomb. Chuck Clark and Marlon Humphrey, uh, you can blame either one of them really, but it, you know Chuck Clark had deep third, Marlon Humphrey had outside third, and bit on the out route, which was kind of his responsibility And uh, that big play. I mean – Titans didn't even have to throw the ball and were able to kind of handle business. So sometimes the other team just comes and punches you in the mouth and there's nothing you can do. The offensive line played like shit.
1: Yeah, I was concerned about the rust factor, as you know, so I wasn't overly surprised with the first half performance. And I remember kind of, you know, saying that if you can get the Titans on a first half, you know, cover, get some good value for that, that might not be the worst uh, thing. Because I think or I thought in the first half that they were going to struggle, there was going to be some rust, but that they'd ultimately break out of it and win by, 10 points with like a late touchdown or something to ice it. Um, but yeah, and I think that's kind of what goes into it. Like you mentioned the rushing four thing. I think the very the Titans very talented up front and like a lot of teams tried to just rush four and play zone. But with the offensive line playing the way that they were in the regular season, rushing four didn't really do anything and it didn't really fluster Lamar too much. And uh, I think the fact that the offensive line was maybe a little out of sync in that game and Roman was not necessarily calling it a great game either. Uh, it caused everything to get out of sync up front. That caused Lamar to get out of sync uh, as well. And also, I mean, look, man, it was just a bad night. Like there were drops, you know, a lot of drops. One of those was the drop that led to that interception that you mentioned that kind of turned the whole game in the Titans favor. So I think sometimes, you know, it's just not your night. I was talking about this with Gordon uh, from PFF, uh, and he said that. Luck was a factor in this game like it kind of it sucks to say that and like it sounds like an excuse for maybe another fan base but sometimes you're just unlucky like sometimes you know Raheem Moore misses a pass uh that's flying to Jacoby Jones behind him and because of that you're not going to the Super Bowl as a number one seed sometimes you know safeties get tangled up on a play a guy gets wide open on a 50-yard touchdown and that turns the complexion of a game for a wild card team going to play a number one so you just you never really know what's going to happen When you're coming off of the bye week or the multi bye week in this case, and uh, I think in this case, rust was a factor and luck was a factor as well. So uh, just you know, all around, everything went against the everything went for the Ravens in the regular season. Murphy's Law, everything went against them in the postseason. It just kind of worked out. It was the
0: perfect storm. Yep. Yep, Titans had the perfect storm happen. The I mean, the the part of that, the luck factor is to find in one play for me and that was the the strip sack where you know Lamar kind of brushed off some pressure to his back left shoulder or to his left shoulder he doesn't have front and back shoulders um but behind him pressure steps up double clutches triple clutches a pump fake ball gets stripped offensive line couldn't fall on it Titans get the ball on what the 15 yard line there so just those kind of plays I
1: mean there, there was just a ton of lucky plays
0: yeah, it uh the, the ball fell in favor for the Titans. Titans also in that game they just didn't make mistakes.
1: Yeah, I mean that's part of it too. You don't want to take credit away from them, but uh I mean in a game where or in a, a sport rather where it's not a multi game series and sometimes you know, sometimes the team that's not necessarily as talented or not, you know, playing as well, they can just kind of get hot for a game and go ahead and uh pull off a big upset and that's kind of what happened here in my mind.
0: Yep, and then, I mean, those those quarterback sneaks, we touched on those before. Those were huge. The quarterback sweep and then the quarterback sneak where shit hit the fan and weren't able to go get a foot. One of them was one foot. It wasn't one yard. It wasn't fourth and one. It was fourth and an arm's length. Uh, you would maybe like to see Lamar go up and over there, but that turned out poorly for him in the past against Cleveland in uh, Week 17, 2018, and, or, yeah, 2018, and, uh, you know, it it was a bad storm. How many times have the Ravens gone for it on fourth down? That, that was their MO. And uh, the Modus operandi did not turn out to their benefit in that playoff game. And it happens. Just You know, you can hindsight's 20-20. The reason the Ravens got the one seed and were 14-2 is because they went for it on fourth down, because they were the aggressor. And it just, Cookie didn't crumble their way that time, so it is what it is. Uh, a lot of guys coming back. It's more playoff experience for a lot of those young guys. Orlando Brown, Mark Andrews, Hayden Hurst, Lamar, Gus Edwards, you know, Snead, all these different guys are getting more experience. Ronnie Stanley, uh, Humphrey, all those guys. So it's going to be a good thing in the end. They played those difficult games. They know what it's like and uh, they'll have a salty taste in their mouth and the old adage is that you learn more from failure than you do from success. So hopefully the Ravens are tried and true and if you go back and want to talk about the initial Harbaugh era of 08, you know, they got their hearts broken 08, 09, 10, 11 every year. And it, you know, allows you to see what pieces you need moving forward and where your weakness is and what your identity is. So hopefully it's a good thing for the Ravens. Uh, Moving on to the next one that asks, Playoff Defeat by Given Smather says, Playoff Defeat, skin in the game, quote, is the inspiration he put in parentheses for Super Bowl next year. Or is it an existential crisis? So he's asking, is the playoff game inspiration or an existential crisis? Uh, What do you think about that one?
1: Right now, it's definitely an existential crisis, uh, especially for some of the more uh, pessimistic or realistic, however you want to call it, fans that are kind of trying to look at it and say like oh well look at the 2015 Panthers they were just kind of a hot team and you know it looked like they were young and they were going to be around for a while but things changed quickly in the NFL I think that's certainly true uh, in some cases and maybe that's part of what's going on here but for me I kind of want to try and spin things positive when it's super negative and kind of say that look this is a very talented young team they retained everyone on their coaching staff and go ahead and look at The AFC representative for the Super Bowl, a team that got its heart broken big time last year in the playoffs, they should have been in the Super Bowl if not for a guy lining up literally six inches off sides uh, and that cost them the game. And it's part of the story if they can... Go and even just have some playoff success next year, like win a game or two and sort of get the monkey off of uh, Lamar's back a little bit there as a guy who's starting to build up some criticism for being a choker or whatever you want to call it in the postseason. If he's able to do that, then it's part of the story, man. I mean, we talked about how the Condiff miss and then the Evans drop. That's part of the story for the 2012 Super Bowl run big time, just like uh, the UVA losing to UMBC. Uh, I think they redeemed themselves big time winning the championship last year in college basketball. So, you know, it's if you can turn it into success then it's a part of the story right now, it certainly hurts. But uh, there there are teams that have come back from worse.
0: For sure. And again, you learn more from failure. So hopefully they're able to make things happen. And like you said, it's a young team. And for me, it feels like this team has become a roster and built to dominate the poor teams in the NFL. Whereas for years prior, and especially in that meddling kind of injured Flacco post-ACL thing, you know, they would play up to New England and they would play down to, you know, the Arizona Cardinals or something. Um, Feels like this team is going to beat the snot out of the teams it's supposed to for a while. And that's something that is going to put you in position to make the playoffs year after year if you consistently put teams to bed that a good team should. And, you know, that's. What the New England Patriots have done for so long and so many successful franchises across sports can just dominate the lesser competition and not have letdowns. So, losing in the playoffs, you lost to two playoff teams. You know, it it happens. Uh, We've seen it, we'll see it again. And I think that it's inspiration for the Super Bowl next year. I think Lamar kind of can maybe go recharge his batteries this offseason. Seems like he went right back to work immediately last year with very little layover. And hopefully he takes a month off and goes back and reassesses some things and kind of slowly gets back into it before ramping up through the offseason. And, uh, you know, Russell Wilson's a guy who said, I basically didn't know what the hell was going on in the NFL until year three. And I think Lamar has a lot of growth to do still with uh, being able to maybe run the offense on the field pre-snap and make some adjustments himself and see some things and see some different things. So I think it's it's a good thing in the end. Uh, going forward, Kurtz Priya ass we faced much better defensive fronts than the Titans. Why did the O-line suck? I think we already touched on that for the most part. Rust got punched in the mouth. Maybe Pat McCurry wasn't quite, quite ready. Uh, maybe like to have Skur in there, a little more experience, a little more veteran. Uh, yeah, I mean, Yandy got pretty ran through a couple times in that game, even. So I think rust there. Titans, all, a big Titans
1: also very talented up front. Jeffrey Simmons, a little bit of a forgotten man. The dude would have been a, fo- a top five pick last year if he didn't get injured. And they just yeah, snagged he him up in uh, the last you know, month of the season. Yep, exactly. So
0: they uh, pl- just played really well. And rust, I guess is what we want to credit to uh, Nico Canalupo our boy with the season ending on that note should be, we be worried in the slightest bit for next year. I like, know. I think you should be pretty optimistic about this team, especially with all the turmoil that happened last year and the uncertainty and seeing how Eric DaCosta, that's the thing to be most excited about is seeing how Eric DaCosta was able to kind of guide this roster and the amount of moves that he made in the draft and with undrafted free agents and Earl Thomas and letting CJ Mosley walk and bringing in Mark Ingram. I mean, Marcus Peters, of course, is probably the biggest one of them all, and the entire defensive overhaul in the second half, being able to have a guy that is aware and seems like he's on the horn with every possible trade. He's everywhere. He's very thorough and investigates every situation. The Ravens' name is always thrown into a hat on free agents that might be of note and things like that. So seems like he's ready to keep this team where it needs to be, and that's why I think you should be
1: excited moving forward. It needs to be said that, there are very few coaches in the nfl that handle adversity better than john harbaugh in my mind like they've had some very tough losses and he's always managed to maybe not always but most of the time has managed to bring his team back from them and to be very competitive i mean they were sitting there at two and two and it looked like their season was over and he gives them a gut check talk and they turn around and they don't lose another game until this one I mean, and that's just one example. I mean, you look at 2011, they come back and win the Super Bowl the next year. 2008, Flacco was a rookie. He manages to build off of that and have a very nice career here. And it's something where he's going to address it and compartmentalize it in the correct way, as opposed to you look like a you look at a Matt Nagy in Chicago. And what happened with them with the double doink and he just made the entire following off season about it. Like we're going to bring in right. all these kickers and we're going to make this big deal about it. We're going to be playing like music and stuff at practice. And like, I'm going to keep talking about it and talking about it and talk. It. It's like, dude, you don't have to approach it that way. There's like more casual ways of approaching it or more hardcore ways of approaching it um, to just kind of compartmentalize it in the correct way. And I think Harbaugh being, a little older, a little more mature, wiser. He's won a Super Bowl. He's going to have the right uh, tricks up his sleeve to get his team to both move on from it and uh, learn from it in the, the proper ways.
0: Absolutely. Like we already touched on, Harbaugh went to the playoffs 08, 09, 10, 11, uh, lost every time. So, you know, he, he's, like you said, ready to bounce back. And for, for me, something that's really interesting is and, of course, Mike Tomlin didn't have as talented of a roster this year whatever, but it seems like Harbaugh and Tomlin as a whole are very similar with that same kind of, I don't know, methodology that you were just referring to and keeping the team prepared and keeping them competitive. And the way that even Ravenspan fans specifically – there's a large faction that truly despise Harbaugh, it feels like, and want to blame Harbaugh for everything, whereas they want Mike Tomlin to be coach of the year – two guys that have been through some similar situations in ways and kept both of these teams in the same division competitive year in and year out every year, except for one between the two combined. Really. Um, it's, it's just astonishing. Some of the, some of the hate that John Harbaugh gets and, uh, he's, you know, he's not the biggest X's and O's guy, but he kind of has made good decisions and the amount of different coaches and players and, Personnel and everything that he's gone through at this point. Like you said, he's able to adapt. He's able to improvise, adapt, overcome. And it's not to be forgotten that how many players were brought in in the middle of the freaking season this year. Yep. And the run they go on, 12 straight games, while you bring in like seven key defensive players that end up taking, you know, at least 10, 15 snaps a game, and the special teams overturn. I mean, go look at who was playing kick coverage in week two and go look at who was playing kick coverage in week 16 and 17. What the hell? It's an entirely different unit. How many different guys were active, inactive, all that stuff. This was a a masterful ballet in composition of in-season adjustments. It's what you get
1: from being a special teams guy. You know, he's lean, he's adaptive. Uh, he's willing to change uh, if the team is not performing in a certain aspect, you know, when they thought maybe they would be performing better in, you know, such aspects, such as at linebacker, they're willing to look at those problems and say, you know what, fuck it, we're going to make this change in the middle of the season, maybe it works, maybe it doesn't, but we're going to do something about it, and he's a master motivator in that way where, you know, he can A, accept changes when they need to be accepted from the front office, and he can B, approaches players and spin it in the correct way, so I think uh, that's Maybe in a microcosm, what I'm trying to say about how he's going to be approaching it this offseason.
0: Right. Able to have an honest conversation in the mirror with yourself. And Eric Weddle's going on Twitter and kind of talking about some of the Jaguars situations and stuff and saying, that's why I love the Ravens organization, because they're honest with their players. And they love that. If you tell somebody, you know, you're going to be getting all this time, you're safe here, blah, blah, blah. And you go cut them three weeks later, they're going to fucking hate you. So that's the way the cookie crumbles, and uh, I think that Harbaugh's improved in that way where he might have been a little bit more stubborn and less willing to change, let's say 2015, 2014, something like that, and now it feels like he's embracing change. Maybe that has to do with DaCosta and uh, the race, relationship that they have and with DaCosta taking the reins over and things like that, but uh, you know, this this coaching job is nothing to laugh at. Bringing, go look at the DB room, how decimated it was at one point bringing in marcus peters getting him adjusted to the point where he's getting a pick six his first game taking significant snaps his first game binds for all those guys it's it's really crazy what they're able to do and i think it goes overlooked now uh, as the recency bias or just the recency sting i guess kind of shows some disappointment but this was a memorable season for me for sure as a you know fan of the ravens and watching them do what they did the excitement that they brought every week scoring points and being young and exciting and being talked about for once. I mean, this was one of the most memorable seasons by far of, of this decade. This was the most memorable season uh, since that Super Bowl run for sure. So the Ravens have some juice back in town. They feel like they've got some swagger. So be excited moving forward.
1: Yeah. He was uh, as good as fired two years ago. And I think his perspective like has changed. Like 13
0: months ago, 14 yeah. months ago.
1: His perspective was changed because he said, you know, he was four and five. He was as good as going and he said, you know what, we're going to make a change and go with this kid and see what happens. They make the playoffs that year and he's, you know, probably had an honest conversation with himself where he said, you know what, maybe I was a little too hard headed in the past, stuck in my ways. I made a change. It saved my job. It worked out great for me. Let's try to be a little more adaptive moving forward.
0: Right. back hit on that. You know how everyone's kind of always said Harbaugh's a players coach and he kind of interviewed Jimmy Smith about that. And Jimmy Smith was like, I would not have considered coach Harbaugh a players coach. Really
1: Look at the way career. Reed would talk about him back in the day. Like it was clear, it was not that way at all in 2008. Like he came in and he wanted to inst- establish his own culture and he was kind of a dick to his guys early on. Yeah. And it doesn't seem to be that way anymore at all.
0: The the, the doghouse was a real thing. Um and the first guy that kind of changed that, I think was Alex Collins because they had no other option at running back. Usually if you fumble, your your ass is on the pine for month and uh I don't know, but Harbaugh has definitely changed and adapted and yeah, I'm I'm very happy that he is the Baltimore Ravens head coach and I think there's about probably twenty eight other teams that would chomp at the bit uh to go get him if he was available. Moving on. Kurt's Priya, thoughts on signing a wide receiver like A. J. Green or Robbie
1: Anderson? Uh
0: I mean, yeah, either of them would be welcome.
1: They would be two. Uh other, you know, big money option is gonna be Amari Cooper. I was talking about that a little bit on Twitter today. All else being equal, he would be the option I prefer, but I think he's probably gonna cost the most. So you're gonna have to see what their approach is going to be in this offseason. If I had to pick between the two, I'd probably go green. I think he's just got a much lower floor and he still has or a much higher floor, sorry, and he still has a good bit to offer over the next couple of years. Injuries do concern me there though.
0: You summed it up for me perfectly. Uh, Ecto Cooler, your boy, says, apparently, Ed, Ed, uh, Edgar Morsk asked, what needs do the Ravens need to fill during the offseason? I think we're a little bit early uh, to Mr. Morsk to answer that question because you got to get through free agency and kind of see what guys they let hit the open market, if they're going to be negotiating with Pierce. or I mean, Pierce's contract, according to Sports Track, his market value is like $4 million a year. And that's a bargain. That's a bargain. I thought he was going to be a guy that's getting, you know, eight, nine, ten million on the open market, but the that whole nose tackle thing has kind of disintegrated uh, on the open market. You know, guys like Snacks Harrison got the fifty-five million dollar deals. Brandon Williams, same thing. And uh, maybe that's not the case. So we'll see who they bring back. We'll we'll address that once uh, push comes to shove. I think.
1: Yeah. Uh, you know. Obviously, the big ones are always going to be wide receiver. It's not as bad as it usually is because you have two young guys that you can build on. I think one is a more sure thing than the other, but I think Boykin can at least be a rotational guy. Uh, you know, as his lowest you know possible floor for his career. Snead is going to be around for another year. He's fine. Uh, I saw Roberts mixing it up with uh, Ryan Mink on Twitter Christ. today. I think he's as good as gone, uh, especially after a rough playoff performance, which he does not want to hear about apparently. Um, and yeah, so wide receiver offensive line on the interior. If Yonda d- decides to hang him up, uh, and then pass. That's right, the
0: one thing that can send a real shockwave throughout this entire team to me yep. is Yonda retiring.
1: Yeah, exactly. So if he does, then that's going to be a big need, uh, not only from a talent perspective, but a leadership perspective. Because They are very young along the offensive line. I mean, Stanley would be the grizzled veteran at that point. He got drafted in 2016. So uh, that's definitely up there for me as well. And uh, yeah, just linebacker, you know, pass rusher, middle linebacker.
0: Yeah, those guys for sure. We'll uh, we'll see the great Josh B asked, when will the pain stop? You'll you'll be over it by free agency. You'll be good, brother. He'll be right as rain. Fernando, Tatito, Capistrano. If Lamar plays well, does that mean that our wide receivers outside of Hollywood Brown are terrible?
1: So he means in the Pro Bowl, right?
0: I guess so, but
1: right because yeah. he's saying if he if they're throwing to other wide receivers and like yeah, where else? Yeah, I mean he... you
0: can't really judge off the Pro Bowl. Shit's not you know they're running, they're playing patty cake. So. Yeah,
1: dog. I, I don't think he should be a. Uh... Don't be that, putting
0: any stock into that. If
1: yeah. you're going to be making those judgments, just make it based on the game film in which they were dropping passes left and right.
0: Do I think that the Ravens wide receivers outside of Hollywood are terrible? Kinda. Kinda. Kinda.
1: Yeah. I mean, it's not, I wouldn't say terrible, but they're definitely not optimal. Like, I mean, everyone wants to talk about all the Pro Bowlers that Lamar had around him and how that somehow matters. Like, 30 year old running back, his tight end, and. Ingram is a beat like I'm not I don't want to take away from them or anything, but like they're not world beaters like he, he's not throwing to like Sammy Watkins as like his third best option who Pat is throwing to as his third best option. So,
0: right. I mean, I would probably take the
1: Sammy Titans Watkins would be the best wide the receiver. The yeah. Sammy Watkins would probably be the best receiver on the Ravens right now. Yeah. Which yeah, is I agree. Like, yeah, like you, you, you probably need to improve there at least in, you know, one facet.
0: Absolutely, I agree. We'll leave it at that. Gregory Boston, with all the hype around Burrow, and justifiably so, can you guys project his future in Cincinnati? No, we cannot because he we don't know what's going to be there yet. We don't. We're not sure how that team is going to be constructed. But with that being said, the season that Joe Burrow put together is footwork, accuracy, reads, looking off coverage, escapability. I I, kind of think he's going to.
1: I think he's going to crush it, dude. Like they, yeah, think they've turned, the they've quarterback prospect I've seen in years. They've also built very good teams around lesser talent than him at the quarterback position. I mean, Carson Palmer was very good coming out of USC. Um, and I mean, Andy Dalton, obviously they made the playoffs however many times in a row with Andy Dalton. They didn't do like anything five. with it. Yeah. Yeah. And Joe Burrow is much more talented than him.
0: Yes, I agree. Under pressure, Burrow, that's thats always been Dalton's kind of fleeting weakness. And Burrow, unbelievable with pressure, went through a lot of transitions. How many offensive coordinators has he had in the last couple of years? And, uh, you know, when you go back and look at his tape from last year when they had kind of a more archaic offense that was just like a pro pound offense, whatever, uh, He there were still those, – those things were there when – the offense allowed them to be at times. So I don't think it was just like a one year wonder kind of thing. And I'm sure he did have a great offensive line, but how many times you see a play break down and he had the footwork of a, you know, all-star point guard able to work through and keep his eyes up and make some throws. I just love the kid's attitude. Um, I love it. I really love everything about Joe Burrow. I will never have any disdain for Joe Burrow as a Cincinnati Bengal. I think they deserve to have him,
1: So they're like, they're a bad organization because of the way ownership runs things, but they've been able to build talented rosters and go on like these five year runs, you know, every, you know, maybe like, let's say once a decade, they're good for like five years because they start all the way over. Maybe they'll get a good coach in there. Like I think Marvin Lewis was a decent coach for sure. Um, and you know you're able to have a little bit, of, a little bit of success, but it's not always sustainable because ownership doesn't want to pay players. Mike Brown is known for being very glacial as far as his negotiations go, as far as the way he runs things. It's very, very archaic, very frugal, extremes. very archaic, very frugal. They don't even have an analytics, or I don't even know how deep their scouting department goes, but they're like always picking players from Ohio State because like that's all they watch. So like it, it's a weird organization in that sense, but I think they can at least have. You know a several year run with Burrow at the helm, where they're winning a lot of games. I love the guy too. Uh, it's somebody who has my last name. Seeing LSU um, win a national championship is pretty sweet. Uh, Cocho sounds just like my grandfather used to sound, so uh, very very endearing to see the the Cajuns get some some respect. And with Burrow showing them respect in the way that he did with his uh, nameplate on his senior night, I thought that was pretty nice. So I like the guy a lot. Very cool kid.
0: He is cool. He is very cool. And some people kind of like, or think he tries too hard or something. I don't think he tries hard at all. I think he is uh, just doing him. Uh, I love his interviews and stuff. So I'm a, a big fan of Burrow. I will always be a big fan of Burrow. I think since he deserves a quarterback they can get behind, um, and since fans aren't terrible, since he fans have never bothered me. So also they deserve it. Last couple questions Kenneth Murray or Isaiah Simmons asked by B Rose 931. That is like
1: ferrari
0: or ford yeah I, 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 no ferrari or like infinity
1: that's just a like, movie ref for you
0: yeah yeah, yeah 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 yeah, but i'll go i'll go infinity um i like kenneth murray he's kind of kenneth murray to me is like a good strong safety like he's a good box safety i watched about six games of his he's one of the guys this week i went and really buckled down and watched and uh i've never seen him make a play after touching an offensive lineman like once Uh, i don't know if he can do it i don't know if oklahoma wanted him to if he's clean he can go hunt guys down and he's great has kind of that devin bush-esque ability to go hunt uh skill players but i didn't see him and big 12 is like you know fast pace all that shit whatever but I didn't see him involve himself in any messes. So I, to me, he's not a Mike, if you don't know how he to He has been
1: heavily linked to the Ravens going back several months. I think part of that being the Oklahoma connection because they're kind of the new Bama around these parts. But isn't it like, isn't Simmons like a projected like top five or ten guy and Murray is like in the bottom half of the first round?
0: Isaiah Simmons is probably the best skill position player in the draft. He reminds me of Darwin James but plus and can go engage with an offensive lineman. He's as fast as any receiver. He is as, I mean, he's a good pass rusher. He had like a really high success rate on pressure for when he rushed and blitzed and stuff. He is a fluid hips, great feet can cover a wide receiver and come downhill and, you know, get through a mess tackle offensive lineman. So it's no comparison. Isaiah Simmons very well could end up being the best player in this draft. Um, of guys of those top level guys, I haven't watched a ton of chase young, like snap to snap. Uh, Same thing happened with Nick Bosa last year, just because they're so out of the wheelhouse of the Ravens possibilities and everyone else just already uh, says that they're like the greatest. So I'm like, all right, well, I'll just, you know, let them go. But, uh, I've watched a lot of Derek Brown and I've watched a a lot of Isaiah Simmons, those three guys probably for me are, are especially defensively the best picks in this draft. So I don't think that Murray necessarily holds a uh, candle to Isaiah Simmons, but who knows? Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe Kenneth Murray's a beast.
1: Yeah, we'll see Uh, a little bit of buzz at the senior bowl today that the Ravens were talking to Terrell Lewis from Alabama. So it would seem that they are eyeing up pass rushers potentially. Uh, But you know, that could also just be them doing their homework.
0: Yes. And they also spoke with uh, KJ Hill out of Ohio state who Ohio state just breeds those freaky route runners, that have some juice that can get separation. Uh, they also talked with Courtney Davis, Courtney, 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 uh, Courtney Davis. I watched his tape. He did not have a ton of production. I think Kellen, uh, what the hell's his name? Kellen Mond. Kellen, Kellen Mond. Yeah, yeah, brain fart for a second. Kellen Mond stinks. He sucks, dude. He stinks. I just but, I
1: stopped watching Texas A and M games like whenever they'd be on because he bored me so much.
0: Yes, he's like a shitty version of Josh Dobbs or something, like not as athletic or like as tough and fucking sucked. But uh, Courtney Davis, I really, really, really liked him as a mid-round option. Uh, I would kind of liken the way the feelings I get from him. And I know Demarcus Lodge, I don't even know where the hell he is, but kind of gives me a little bit of Demarcus Lodge vibes. Uh, he's a little shorter than that, and he can definitely get some separation. Mid-round guy that I love, 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 love. Uh, as, a, as a fourth round or a fifth round guy if the Ravens don't really address receiver earlier, even if they do. So uh, they also brought in Appalachian State inside linebacker and well, not brought in, but met with uh, Appalachian State and linebacker and someone else I can't recall. But uh, yeah, making some moves there. And yeah, pass rusher will be addressed. It has to.
1: Yeah, I mean, you got to think so, especially with the questions going on. Uh, you know, surrounding Judon and Pierce and everything. So uh, you have to think they're going to be taking a stab at it for a second year in a row after picking Ferguson in the third round, who is also presumably going to get some chances this coming year.
0: Yeah. I really like what I saw out of Ferguson. Just had a little weakness, kind of like play recognition was the only thing that really stuck out. Kind of didn't know exactly where the ball was on some, some reverses and some play actions and play fakes and stuff like that. But uh, with experience, we'll see if he can improve uh, but yeah, the pass rushing position is wide open. I did go and look at a couple guys. So we had to break first.
1: Uh, uh, yeah, let's go ahead and cut it there and then we will bring it back around after break. Yes, sir.
0: All right. So we are back and yeah, we're going to be getting back into the swing of things as things ramp up, uh, post super bowl dominoes start falling pretty quickly and that's when the draft really gets ramped up. I am just now getting really deep into tape. So I guess we'll just, you know, try and do homework on a couple guys every week and go talk about some guys that we like, don't like, whatever. Uh, first guy for me that I hit on was Curtis Weaver, a guy who's gotten a lot of buzz just throughout the Ravens fan community. PFF is really high on him. I think they released their top 100 prospects today, and he was like 15th, and that floored me. Uh, not a big fan of Curtis Weaver's game. He's stiff. He is strong. I didn't see a lot of nuance. Not a lot of his wins were uh, as a result of him being able to get and penetrate the pocket. Um, His hands were good, but when he got squared up, was Steph. He, he seems like a solid player, but not a first-round player. Not going to be giving him a first-round grade. Um, that's a guy for me. Are there, are there any edges that you've seen so far, Jake, that you like? As far as
1: edges, I mean, I have watched a little bit of Chase Young, more so just like 2018 stuff, but he's kind of really the main one that I was looking at, and he's obviously not going to be uh, in their plans. I've watched a little bit of A.J. Epinesa as well. It uh, feels like he's probably going to be mid-first round, so maybe you could see them do something like what the Saints did with Marcus Davis, Davenport, where they jumped up to draft him and kind of fill that need at pass rusher. I don't necessarily see see that happening. Uh, but other than that, I've kind of not really gotten too deep into the sort of guys that are going to be in their you know, range or wheelhouse there at the end of the first round. I noticed uh, Daniel Jeremiah's mock draft today. So he does have them taking Murray at 28. But after him, you have Zach Bond out of Wisconsin going 31 to the Chiefs. Uh, he says Bond can play on the edge or off of the ball. His athletic ability and versatility would fit well in Steve Spagnolo's defense. So I don't know if that's a fit that you could see necessarily.
0: Haven't gotten into Bond yet. I uh, from from things that I've read, he's a little stiff. He's a power player or whatever. Uh, so I'm not going to buy into that before I watch. I did, did. I did end up uh, diving a little bit more into receivers this week. A couple guys I looked at were, for the first time, I really looked at Henry Ruggs third and we were talking about this in the Slack chat. He he's perfect to me. Um, I mean, I know how good Ceedee Lamb is. I'm a huge Ceedee Lamb guy. Uh, Jerry Judy obviously is such a filthy route runner and has the whole package. Never once say you know maybe he's the best prospect since Julio. Things like that. But Ruggs to me is a special, special player that would give the Ravens offense a dynamic speed demon a little bit more so than Hollywood. Hollywood feels like he can really work the intermediate and run some dig routes and some comebacks and things and uh, some underneath stuff. And he can kind of slip in. And of course he is a deep threat, but having another burner like that, I think uh, I'm more on board with than maybe bringing in, you know, the big possession guys, people talk about Colin Johnson and uh, maybe Michael Pittman who, I haven't gotten to dive into yet, but people are saying he can't separate that well. But uh, I I think Ruggs is the total package. The violence that he plays with at the speed that he's capable of achieving, I have never seen before in a receiver with him being able to run through contact and kind of slip through hand tackles on his legs. Also blocking and just yeah, fighting for to
1: me yards. with him, it's like the physical ability is incredible, but it's also the versatility, like the blocking is there. The blocking willingness is there, which obviously is big in this offense. They would give him the ball out of the backfield. Uh, so to me, like, I, you know, Judy might be the better receiver, but I think the versatility with Rugs adds to his value a lot and makes him a really good fit for an offense like this.
0: Absolutely. And I think the Ravens are, just need one more burner Because they really only have Hollywood, and of course Lamar's fast as hell, but uh, of the other guys, no one's going to be able to run away from you, and if teams want to start playing zone against Lamar because you can't really play man, you need guys that can beat zone with speed, and that's like Tyreek Hill, uh, Stephon Diggs is a guy who's been able to do that, and guys that can run through a zone and still get open. kind of just outrunning it. And that's something that makes the Chiefs so dangerous with all those speed demons that they have. And the Ravens lacked the big play ability to come back from the Titans and to come back against the Chargers. They had to really, like, nickel and dime down the field and get some chunks. They had a couple big plays but weren't able to just go the distance and and break it open. So if this team wants to be able to uh, build the defense to keep a lead a little better and build the offense to... Uh, come back when they are trailing a little bit better. I think that would make a lot of sense if those were the two kind of directions they want to steer. And for me, Ruggs is a perfect guy. Uh, he people try to say that he's not a quote unquote nuanced route runner or something like that. I think that's BS. I saw him break off routes beautifully. He uses his hands to fight off defenders to get separation really well. If he's running a comeback or uh, you know running a quick slant, he had really good hand usage and really his physicality was shocking. I saw something that said he was clocked at 24.3 miles per hour this year at some point. I don't know if that was with pads on or what, but Tyree is the fastest he was ever clocked by next gen stats. It's like 22.8. So that means he is significantly potentially faster than Tyree Hill. I will trade everything to get Tyree Hill on this team. Someone like that, that can create off of bubble screens and things like that. So of the week, that's my guy that I've really fallen in love with as a prospect uh, I know that you've been on that boat for a little while, but I, I just hopped on.
1: Yeah, I have. And also uh, you've got LaVisca Chenault, uh kind of in that same range, at least here on this uh, Jeremiah Mott draft. He has them going to the Packers at 30 saying that the Packers do not pick wide receivers in the first round, but Chenault is more than just a receiver. He can line up in the backfield and move around the formation to create mismatches in Green Bay's favor. So to me, he's another guy who I think incredibly versatile. I like his size. He kind of reminds me of like a Sammy Watkins, Des Bryant type of guy size-wise, but he's just a you know, really explosive player. He's just chopping that wood, catching the ball you know around the sticks, and then like sometimes he occasionally breaks big plays. So uh, I really like him a lot, and I think he'd be – maybe if you can't get rugs, he'd be a nice – uh complimentary piece to settle on uh, if it comes to that.
0: I agree. And neither of those guys for me are like a, you know, 90 catch guy and especially not in the Ravens offense, but in any offense, I don't don't think either of them are like a 90 catch guy. uh, That's, you know, going to be like a prototypical number one in the mold of Deandre Hopkins or Julio or things like that. But uh, both of them definitely have game breaking ability. I don't, I see Chenault as a little bit more of a Swiss army knife than as a receiver, um, which is the one thing that makes me a little hesitant. He does get separation. He has a little bit better uh, contested catchability in some things. He wasn't asked to run a lot of routes over his first couple years. Uh, He was a little bit more at Colorado. He does line up all over the place. One thing I do like about Chenaud is you can see him kind of adjusting tight ends and wide receivers of the line. He seems like he has really high IQ of where everyone else is supposed to be and what his job is. Um, I think he's a little, little bit more raw. But not as raw as, uh, let's say, Ravens historical, love to say how raw he was, Brashad Perriman. Sick. I think he's a lo- little bit more uh, in-depth than in that. But moving on, then I got into Brandon Ayuk from Arizona State. He's been a really hot name in the old Ravens Twitter community. Uh, from him, I saw a lot of Stefan Diggs. He has really slight, sudden movements on vertical routes. Just little false steps that are able to create a ton of separation. Tough guy. Great returner, speed plus, checks all the boxes. So uh, with all these really high-end receivers, if Ayuk is a guy that uh, maybe slides a little bit, I think he might be a first-round talent, but he might be able to slide into that second round. The Ravens might be able to trade back or trade up from their position in the second round for go, a little bit less capital, get him. He's a guy I would definitely check out. A lot of bubble screens, a lot of vertical routes, willing blocker, has return ability, all that good stuff. Uh, another similar guy was Jalen Rager. But uh, you guy, I really liked his tape. I've kind of seen Rager last year, uh, saw a lot of stuff he was able to do. He had a pretty shitty quarterback situation this year. But I uh, I like those two guys as, as some second-round burner options that might you know kind of fall out of the first round because there is a lot of cream-of-the-crop receiver
1: talent in this draft. Some good options at the need positions there. Uh, pivoting away from that a little bit. If you had to put an over-under on the amount of quarterbacks that go in the first round ahead of the Ravens, what would the number be?
0: It's got to be at least three.
1: I was thinking like three and a half is the number. Are you going over or under?
0: Three and a half sounds good. And I think I'm going to go over because I can just see one team l- falling in love with Jordan Love. Today. Sick. That's like some you season two stuff on Netflix. Love, love. Um, but yeah, I could see someone falling in love with Jordan Love. I, I actually really like Jake Fromm in a weird way. I don't know why.
1: We have uh, talked about this in the past. Yeah.
0: Yes, I think we have for some reason. I, I don't I really can't put it into words. I just like the confidence he plays with. And I think he's like a extremely good game manager. And I'm not saying game manager is like a
1: way to diss him. No, like I, I remember I compared him to Kirk Cousins in kind of a negative way. But there's also positives to that, too.
0: Yes. And he's a little bit deceptively unathletic. <laughs> I don't know. He like moves in the pocket like he's athletic,
1: We re- re- reached the center of the maze on like the stereotypes about <laughs> like quarterbacks. Yes. He's deceptively unathletic. Like, you think he's – he's
0: actually, I kind of stole that because we had our backup quarterback in high school had like a wide-open green grass in practice one day and took off. And we had never seen him really scramble before, and our coach was – two of our coaches were keeled over laughing. And they were just like – we are like, what, what? And they were like, Brett McCoy – sorry, Brett, if you're listening to this, I don't think you ever have or ever will, but they're like – Brett McCoy is deceptively slow. Wow. I've never n- seen someone that I thought would be kind of quick that was that molassesly slow. And uh, that's kind of how I think of Jake Fromm. Like, he looks like he should be able to move and scramble, and he kind of can't
1: but he's just yeah uh, he's a little immobile back there uh you you want him to like with his size like i yeah now that i think about it i know what you're saying like he's got good size and he's built. like big ben sized yeah I mean, right and like you you'd think like with the gumption that he kind of plays with that he'd move around a little bit more but it feels like he doesn't play off script a ton which is kind of one of my criticisms of him it feels like he played within the georgia offense a little bit too much it's like come on dude let it rip a little bit
0: that's true that's true Uh, which makes him safe in a way. So sounds like he's a really good backup and maybe a crappy starter. Um, I don't know. Maybe the Patriots take him. He seems like he's got that kind of thing going.
1: I could definitely see that. So you've got four in the first round here from Jeremiah. He's got Burrow going one to the Bengals saying he does not have elite arm strength, but he checks every other box and he's a beautiful fit in the Bengals offense. Uh, Mr. Tua Tagovailoa going to the Dolphins at number five. Saying he does come with some durability concerns, but it's a risk worth taking for the QB-starved Dolphins. He can sit I behind. I
0: hate, I hate Tua. I think he's very overrated.
1: I like him, but like I like him as like a Dak Prescott type of player. Like I don't think he's this amazing prospect that some people seem to think he is. But especially now, at the after the injury, he's hurt a little bit on that uh, front, uh, you know, physically and metaphorically. Uh, but I do, I don't hate him. I just see him as like a let's say, mid-level to above-average starter. Uh, Yeah, I'm not sure.
0: When I say I hate, I mean I'm not sure he's a franchise quarterback that can come elevate the, I don't know, Colts or something. Actually, that's a bad example. Colts would be a perfect fit for him. But elevate the Dolphins or elevate the Bengals or a team like that, I I don't think he's quite...
1: Yeah, like, if you look at... Like, what I mean by that is, like, Dak got drafted in the fourth round to, like, a perfect situation, very talented team, and he's been able to really succeed... Colts would be perfect for Tua. Well, that's interesting. You mentioned that because at pick 13, he has Jordan Love. Looks like the Colts fell in love with Love. Uh, The Colts haven't publicly committed to Kobe Brissett as their starter in 2020, and Love is simply too intriguing to pass up. He might need to sit for a year, but the payoff could be huge. Which would be good to sit behind Jacoby Brissett, I think, because he can still, you know, give you a little something. Then right after that, at number fourteen, he's got Justin Herbert from Oregon going to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, saying that teams are all over the map on Herbert. However, he does fit the profile for Bruce Arians—he's big, strong, and smart, kind of like and me. athletic. Yes, very athletic.
0: He wow, Bucks could be a really good fit for Herbert. I'm not high or low on Herbert. I think he's got great arm strength. I think he. Is a little hesitant to pull the trigger on some of that off-script stuff. Like it you reminds me a little of
1: Alex Smith.
0: Kinda. No, it's kind of like, it's like, kinda so
1: like so I. So I compared. So this was maybe a stupid comparison, but I think it made sense for the time of him as a prospect. I compared to Sean Watson a little bit to Alex Smith, which obviously he's more. I think
0: really highly of Alex Smith, and I always have. Uh, he's I've much
1: higher been. ceiling, is what I mean. OK, Deshaun was like a much higher ceiling, Alex Smith. Yes. I compare higher her,
0: ceiling than Mahomes. It felt like for me.
1: Yeah. Like, at, the, at the time, a lot of people thought Mahomes that
0: Mahomes was very turnover prone and kind of, you know, he was he can do things that are so special with his arm slots and stuff. You're like, whoa, this guy isn't very consistent throw to throw. So you're like in the turnovers were there in college. So, yeah, I would, I would say Deshaun of that draft was definitely the highest ceiling for sure.
1: Yeah. So like athletically and just like as a player, you know, build. Deshaun reminded me of Alex Smith. I thought decision making; he was a little more willing to let it rip.
0: So for, it's, sure. for
1: me, that. that's kind of the way I see it with Herbert. Except he's maybe a little more back towards that conservative, uh, you know, notion with uh, with the way Smith you know used to play.
0: I agree. Um, yeah, Herbert has a freaking rocket, and he can rifle throws into really tight windows downfield. He did that in the red zone a few times. Gets himself; he makes really stupid, like, taking sacks where you could have easily thrown the ball away. Like, he just does things like that a little bit. So, the bit. thing
1: is, like, I don't want to compare him to Mariota because, like, it just feels too easy, but it kind of really does look like shades of Mariota, like, when he was at Oregon, which I liked him a lot.
0: I thought Mariota was... And, I mean, Mariota was amazing his rookie year and kind of went downhill from there for whatever reason. Injuries. Yeah, yeah, he is pretty soft, but, um yeah, Herbert, I... I think he's a nice middle-of-the-pack quarterback. I think he can be a a mid-level starter at the NFL, uh, can come in and take a team to the playoffs if he gets in the right situation and might take a couple years to get some confidence behind him. And he kind of had this thing going where he's secretly crazy athletic and fast, but apparently his teammates had to, like, encourage him, hey, go make plays with your feet more. And then he ran for – he was like running for 80 yards a game all of a sudden at the end of his career. Uh, so he's a guy that is like – I think he's like 6'5", 6'6", 6'7". I'm not sure. He's really tall and really mobile. Yeah, six so, 6'6", I think. Yeah, really mobile. So if, if he's able to maybe use that to his advantage and maybe you want to run – Yeah,
1: like I mean the the go to the right situation thing is kind of a cliche, but it's very true. I mean look what happened Especially with,
0: for quarterbacks, especially
1: for yeah, quarterbacks. Yeah, like look what happened with Lamar. He falls to 32 – Gets picked by an actually good organization, unlike the other four quarterbacks. Uh, well, I, you know, the Bills, Lamar
0: in Cleveland would have been a nightmare.
1: Yeah, exactly. Like it, the situation is very, uh, you know, or a lot of the times quarterbacks are pretty dependent on situation. And I think uh, with a couple of these guys, I think Tua is going to need to sit for a little while, especially with the injury.
0: He might have benefited if if that injury isn't permanent. He might have benefited from maybe his stock. Falling a little. Yeah, because,
1: like, you know, the fans are going to understand if he has to take a little while to get out there on the field. So,
0: absolutely. My favorite uh, bet that I've seen floating around is will the Ravens draft a tight end at any point?
1: Why not? I would love it. It'll <laughs> be really funny. Like, I mean, they've done it before. They've drafted, so in the last five years, they've drafted two tight ends twice, right?
0: Yes. Max a-
1: and Nick Boyle. And then
0: and then they've got Pitta and Dixon a long time ago. Pitta and
1: Dixon in 2010. Hurston and Andrews. Hurst and Andrews, yeah. Uh, Crockett, Gilmore. I think he was the only offensive player that year. He was, which is hilarious. He was, Or no, they drafted uh, Talia Farrow that year, too. So that was you mm, You're right, good call. Yeah. It was that, Coastal Carolina? Oh, yeah, he was a nice little player that his rookie year.
0: Yeah, they tried to transition him to fullback. But uh, yeah, fullback class looks pretty weak in this draft, kind of. No real complete player, no Hawkinson, nothing like that. Uh, no no Hurst even. Hurst would have been the best prospect in this the
1: Yeah, they got that dude at uh, Missouri who's pretty sick, but I don't know if he's going to be a first-rounder. Um, but, yeah, it's tough.
0: I for, I actually forgot about him. I haven't seen him at the top of any boards. Did he, I don't know if he went back to school or something. I don't the know. Hunter, Hunter Bryant, I believe, from Washington has gotten a lot of run.
1: Albert Oakwebenam, I think his name is Let me look. Him up.
0: yeah it is and uh, yeah so thin tight end class Ravens are stacked there there's a couple interior offensive linemen that are very intriguing there's a guard from Fresno State and his name is escaping me at the time I went through his tape he has shades of Quentin Nelson he is an animal very aggressive definitely imposes his will and his name is escaping me I believe his last name's Naughty, but he's a, a factor there. He uh, was Noda. In, what is it? Isaac Noda. No, 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 no. Isaac he's that was a Georgia tight end.
1: When was last that? Last year. Isaac. Yeah. Okay. You're right. Oh, he's on the Lions now. Good for him.
0: Yes. Name has completely escaped me. I'm blanking, but. He, uh, I studied his tape. He was really, really good in space. Also, knocking dudes hats off. His, I watched like his oh, games from his freshman year two years ago. He had an injury this year and kind of made it through halfway of the season. And uh, he was really knocking guys' heads off as a freshman. He decleated three Alabama players at once on a screen. And you know, anytime you hear lineman and decleated, sign me up. Guy who's kind of fallen is tire, Tyler Tyler the Wisconsin center. He got a lot of hype, and I think that benefits from playing on a really, really good Wisconsin line. But he's uh, a guy that can come in and, and start somewhere and maybe is a high-ceiling, low-floor guy. So would not be shocked to see the Ravens address interior offensive line. It's a guard out of Kentucky as well that has been getting some buzz and some senior bowl buzz. Then, the, I mean, the two—maybe the most perfect fits. One, maybe not attainable without giving up our King's Ransom, Derek Brown— Javon Kinlaw has been flying up draft boards. He was dominating at senior day or at the senior bowl practice today. Both of those guys would be uh, someone who can go play three tech and actually disrupt and go kick out and play defensive end and kind of go spot up as like a four tech or a five tech in some passing situations. Kinlaw would be a dream if he were to drop to 18 and the Ravens can shoot up a little bit give a third this year and a third next year something of the sort would be incredible to get a penetrating three tech uh, and another guy that I believe I had talked about previously is James Taylor from Baylor go give, it, give him a look um so those are pretty that's pretty much all the guys I got into this week another uh, another guy's Ashton Davis that's the last one safety from Cal and uh I wouldn't I wouldn't mind getting another rangy safety I don't know Chuck Clark I like what he can do in the box I'm not sold on him as a you know a, a deep middle guy
1: Yeah, it makes sense. I mean, you can't totally, you know, just count on one good gear, uh, especially from a late, two undrafted guy. Uh, He was a six rounder, so I guess late there. Uh, What do you make of all the Jalen Hurts being linked here stuff?
0: I don't. I don't. They have McSorley. I don't know. I don't think it makes any sense. Neither do I. And I also, I also don't think Jalen Hurts. Everyone just is so obsessed with Taysom Hill now. Taysom Hill runs like a four four and has a. 40 inch vertical
1: and he hits like a fucking Mack truck.
0: Yeah. Jalen hurts. I might be putting my foot in my mouth, but I, if he runs, I don't think he'll like, I'd be surprised if he runs in the low four fives. I don't think he's that special of an athlete. Like everyone thinks like at the college level for a quarterback. Yes. Very special. But Taysom Hill is like a Olympic, like he's a specimen. He's like freaking captain America. His athleticism, he had a 40 inch vertical, Crazy shuttle times, 4-4 four, four speed, like I think he put up like 28 reps on the bench or something, and he's also got that Mormon power coming it's out of the the Mormon
1: missile, dog. You send him flying.
0: Exactly, and I don't think Hertz is anything like what people think of an athlete, but I also think he's a much better passer than people think at the same time. Um, and apparently today Jordan Love had an awful day, and, and Hurts looked okay. So I don't know. I don't hate Hertz. I feel like he's better than a Cardale Jones come out of Ohio state. I feel like he's better than that. Like I could see Hertz being a Dak.
1: Yeah, no, that's a, a interesting comparison too. I think, I think, uh, weirdly he and Tua kind of remind me a little bit of each other with Tua being the higher ceiling prospect, but, uh, you can see why they were both fits and you know what Saban was trying to do there with his offense. Right. So
0: I think that Hertz has a little, maybe a hair more speed than Dak and uh, not quite as powerful, but, uh, I think he is a, a guy who can develop as a passer and again, right situation. And he's been such a pro, such a great guy. It seems like from the outside, at least uh, in his time moving on. And uh, at the senior bowl, he did the split helmet where it was half Bama, half Oklahoma. So he's, you know, not salty towards Alabama at all. And he was such a modest King after Tua came in and won that national championship two years ago. And the way that he handled that and how genuinely happy he felt for Tua. It's the kind of guy that, you know, it's just gonna be good vibes and maybe he has a career backup maybe he ends up being like rg3 who's a guy that you know feels like all his teammates love and is gonna come in and be able to give you a good scout quarterback and step in when his number's called so we'll see what happens with hurts but i don't think he's uh counted out as a passer as much as others do
1: yeah, I think uh, some people kind of go a little too crazy uh, with that. I mean, it is stupid saying he should, you know, work out at other positions, I think. But, you know, we can maybe just settle in and let the guy do what he wants to do. He said he's going to be a quarterback, so that's what's going to happen. And, uh, yeah, that's the end of that.
0: Yeah, so with uh, with that being said, I mean, we're going to be getting into some more draft prospects. There will be some more news coming out, and we'll hit on that, and the Ravens will get into some things. John Harbaugh did allude that there would be more extensions coming, so we shall see. Obviously, Judon is the big name there. Other than that, really, and uh, people are putting a lot of hype into this and that of of the Ravens having a lot of guys go missing. I genuinely feel that if they let everyone other than Judon go, for the most part, I mean, I would like to have Jimmy Smith back. We've touched on that. But if they let everyone other than Judon go, I think they could replenish and be fine, and they still would have a ton of starters coming back. So um, not crazy worried. I mean, Pierce would be a loss. Owasso, to me, is not huge. Brandon Carr, Jimmy Smith are, are both tough to lose, but I mean, they've shown a good to seems to be like the number one proponent of DBs in the world. So I'm sure he would find someone. It feels,
1: it feels like the first time in a long time that the Ravens had a very successful season and they don't have more than one high level starter set to leave.
0: Right. And we don't know what Judon's future is, but I think the Ravens like him in this system. I love Judon. And he didn't play great in the playoff game, but nobody did. Uh, he's – that, yeah, exactly. They weren't prepared. So that shows to poor coaching yep. and can't blame a player for a coach's poor performance and can't blame a coach when a player doesn't execute. So we will never know the workings of what exactly went wrong, but we can uh, do our best to assess and move forward. But I'm excited. I'm excited for this offseason again. I enjoyed last offseason in retrospect, but I was not as excited – I was very uncertain of how things would look, and I don't think until I kind of saw Lamar throwing in training camp and how much time they were spending and kind of what the offense was looking like and the direction they went in. So I was pretty hesitantly kind of nervous and anxious at this time last year about what was going to happen moving forward. But now I feel very confident. I think it's going to be a fun off season. The draft is going to be a lot of fun, and we'll be geared up and trying to bring you guys some some coverage at least weekly on what's going on.
1: Yeah, I mean, I was pretty excited. I thought they were going to be, you know, a little bit above 500, maybe at 500, uh, depending on how things broke. Uh, but I'm always excited for the offseason. I think it's a fun time watching the team building take place. And last year, it was obviously a ton of fun with a new franchise quarterback uh, entering the fray. And uh, he seems to have solidified himself. So uh, at this point, all they got to do is build up around him. And uh, that seems like a pretty fun prospect, if you ask me.
0: Absolutely ravens just my general thought going into it one dynamic speedy playmaker somewhere and uh a three tack that can go get sacks
1: yep i would say continue building out the depth because that's kind of what kills you uh when you get into the playoffs that not being prepared i mean you should be prepared obviously but uh the deep teams uh make it deep
0: if the that Ravens was, that let's was to deep, say, hypothetically go next year and like our wild card team and win a game or two, I'm going to be so it's going to like piss me off.
1: If they're a wild card game or then they win a game or two.
0: If they're a wild card seed like the five or the six okay. and go on the road and win a game or two, that's going to infuriate me after. Two yeah. Playoff losses.
1: Yeah. <laughs> I mean, very, I get infuriated. it. but I, I get it, but I'd just kind of be happy to see them win one.
0: It would be annoying, but of course I would be happy.
1: Yep. So I guess uh, 65 minutes running here. We got plenty of thoughts. Uh, great mailbag. Great to hear from you guys. Uh, I know it's obviously been a little over a week, uh, so nice to get one of those off. And then got like over half an hour of draft talk, which I don't even know if we were expecting. But uh, yeah, it was, it was a good talk, buddy. Nice, nice job.
0: I would consider myself about 10% into like my usual... Like how deep I get, and it usually peaks right about April. So I'm not deep. I'm not into my, you know, sleepers and all that crap yet, and overanalyzing stuff. But uh, yes, most guys I touched on I really like so far, and we'll keep it coming. And give us your thoughts. Reach out to us on Instagram. Keep diving into it with us on Twitter. We love hearing from you guys. And I, NFL Draft is my favorite thing that exists. So. It will be fun getting into it, and the good old NFL Combine. You guys know how much I love workouts, and uh, that's the, that's the big one.
1: Exactly, the underwear Olympics. I mean, this is this is your time of the year, my man. Uh, where where can they interact with us on Twitter?
0: You can follow us at Ravens for Dummies, is me at Jake Luke or Jacob Luke. Jake, Jake. Luke. at Jake Luke at Podcast Beatdown for our general Twitter on Instagram Baltimore underscore Beatdown whatever you guys probably follow that one already can never remember if it's just be more it is baltimore underscore beatdown yeah it is. for all that good stuff go to baltimorebeatdown.com we'll be getting into it getting into some existential off-season banter and some big picture stuff we're gonna have some guests coming on in due time we've been circling around with a couple uh big wigs jake has been that's really jake's department for the most part and he has been uh flirting with some big name guys trying to get some fun aspects under the show and of course there's going to be a lot of people that want to talk about the ravens as they were maybe the most exciting team throughout the season especially in the regular season this year so more good stuff to come and we appreciate you guys peace out see ya you see, I,
1: don't, I ain't no big sack, man. I don't like sacks, man. Mm-hmm. See, sacks take me out of my game. He's I like running foot down. And I like interceptions and touchdowns. Busting up the streets and <laughs> blocking punts. Like. You in the gutter. You yeah, in, I like that. You in the guns I like, like that pump you you. <laughs> 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 He, he <laughs> like the trick work. That boy right. like yeah. to get down. Like <laughs> down <laughs> and dirty. I like busting up screens. Yeah. <laughs> I just like hitting quarterbacks. That's what That's my plan. That's a nice I grab a quarterback back, <laughs> back. And I bang 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 all day. <laughs> <laughs>